today I'm going to DM a one-shot from the Book of Layers. It is called The Clockwork Tower. And you all have created new characters for this. Why don't you tell us who you are? Who, who would you like to go first? You. You go first. You just volunteered. Okay. Well, this is my first paladin I think I've ever played in any edition of Dungeons & Dragons. So I'm going to suffer through this. Um, but I did decide to take <laughs> a, uh, a paladin with a oath that is a bit different than the ones in the player's handbook. It is a uh, homebrew from a company called Bolt 9, and it is the Oath of Despair. So unlike a regular paladin, this paladin, uh, they decide to embrace the darkness and find it easier to combat monsters by becoming one themselves. Those who follow this path have to be careful that the darkness does not consume them, scarring them permanently. So I sort of based this sort of on the Punisher kind of idea uh, to have somebody who's doing things that are would be could be looked at as being somewhat evil or wrong, but he's doing it for all the right reasons. So um, his name is Mick Ribbon because he is only here for a limited time, as we all are. And uh, he sort of feels that death is just another passage uh, in life, and, and his duty is to uh, remove all of the deceitful, unruly, or evil beasts in the land. He uh, was a soldier, uh, like his brothers, who are all uh, been slain, and his father. And he has been traveling around. He has been a mercenary and other things since he has uh, left being a soldier, essentially. And uh, most recently, he's been a bouncer just uh, in different taverns, trying to find his way. He's very depressed. Brief description of what you look like. McRibbon is... He is a six foot four, dark uh, hair, pale eyed human. Uh, weighs about two hundred and thirty pounds. He's very muscular and uh, sort of scary looking. He has scars across his face and burns on his hands. Leland. Well, I am playing uh, Jacques Metier, which very, very, very loosely translates to Jack of all trades. As I am playing a rogue fighter wizard, tri-class, goblin. And Jacques, uh, he's actually uh, adopted. He was adopted into this uh, family of nobility. So as a result, he's... I mean, I, he, saying he's the black sheep of the family would be a little... Much, a bit of an overstatement. He's certainly not the favorite child <laughs> of his siblings. And basically, he... He strives to to live up to this family name and, and does everything he can to avoid bringing any type of disgrace to the Metier family. And he he's kind of dabbled in all of these areas, mostly because these are trades that his siblings kind of specialize in and are, are, are true professionals in. And he's just trying to emulate that, again, as, as they have brought great... Uh, great um, Acclaim? A claim to the family, thank you, a claim to the Metier family, and he's trying to live up to that himself. So he does have a French accent, as the Metier are 
<laughs> whatever equivalent of French, whatever language equivalent of Indian that French is, I guess. Jacques, uh, also, he doesn't speak goblin, as he was not raised among his own kind, so he's <laughs> never spoken the language. <laughs> and what do you look like? So, you know, he's like a typical, like, short little goblin of stature. Um, he's got kind of the shiny set of, of, of chain mail on, and he wields uh, two whips, so he's got them both kind of curled up on either side of his hip. And uh, he's underneath, he's kind of got this set of, of fine robes that he likes to wear, you know, got to harken back to that wizardry heritage as well. <laughs> I think I would say probably for a goblin he looks semi well, he's not very charismatic, but he doesn't look like grubby. Obviously, he comes from nobility, so he's still bathed clean clean cut, yeah, bathed occasionally. <laughs> still kind of pampered. Okay. Elena. Alright, so I'm playing a half elf named Pam. It's uh it's <laughs> Pam in all caps with an exclamation mark at all times. Pam is loud. And, uh, Pam, she's from, she's kind of got, like, a Midwest accent. It's very, like, nasal. And, uh, she's a mom. She's just a mom. And, uh, she's adventuring. Empty nester. She's an empty nester. So she's a, she's a half-elf bard. Um, she's neutral good. And, uh, she's about, let's see. She's five foot tall. I picture her in some kind of like mom jeans and like <laughs> some kind of clanky jewelry and like a little eclectic, but like put together. Uh... If it's clanky jewelry, I might make you roll with disadvantage oh, for stealth gosh. checks. Please. Okay, she's got like, she... <laughs> scratch that. That's just how I picture her, right? Like a homemade <laughs> mom jewelry. When she's not adventuring, she's got the When she's on. performing, okay, yeah. That'll be part of her entertainer's <laughs> So, yeah, she took the background of entertainer. And I I hate to break it to you, Jacques, but I'm the I'm the jack of all trades. So, uh... Quite literally. Quite literally, I am. I am proficient in one, two, three... Everything. Twelve skills I'm proficient in. And then because of jack of all trades, I get plus one to anything I'm not proficient in. Yeah, I don't know. She's got a rapier and a dagger and a crossbow and, you know, a few different things going on. She speaks goblin, elvish, and common. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she's just a mom. She's just trying to be hip. She's trying to take care of her, uh, any friends or family because she's an empty nester. She's she's got, she's got to be taking care of someone she needs to be needed. And, uh, yeah, to a fault. <laughs> And Bill. That's Pam. Uh, <laughs> I am also playing a paladin for the very first time. The difference between John and I being that this is only the second character I've ever played. Yeah, super original. <laughs> hey, I chose paladin first. He copied me. My paladin uh, goes by the name of Drudge Jed. Not inspired by anything at all. Um, he's a Scourge Asimar. He'd probably be similar in size to John's Paladin, but maybe a bit uh, less muscly. And still, his presence would be known wherever he goes, and he would maybe instill a little bit of fear in some people, but more less so because of his heft and more so because of just this 
almost like an aura or like an otherworldly presence that he puts off. What is an Asimar for those that don't know or don't remember? True. Yeah, so that's a great question. They're essentially a human that is, they're sort of imbued with, yeah, like a celestial power. So yeah, part of that I think would kind of seep through his his persona and his presence. And that's kind of how he is, is a bit, a little bit intimidating at times or um, just looks like someone you might not want to tangle with. If this were set in uh, our current universe, he would hail from a bit east of us, the Carpathian Mountains, which is in Romania. So he, he comes from a long line of noblemen and women. Um, some of them may have been countesses or counts. And his family's always been kind of respected, but more so out of fear than um, respected for their good deeds. I, I wouldn't say that that's the case. They've been known to live, some of them, very long lives. And he chose to be a paladin sort of in rebellion to the pressures from his family. And because his family has a little bit of, there, there are some, let's say, skeletons in the closet with his family. So... Um, he, he's felt pressure to take on, take, go down a path that was not for good and took an oath, uh, to be a paladin. The oath that I've taken is the oath of the ancients. So it's a bit more focused on protecting all that is good in the world, maybe from nature, or even you could think that it's, you know, people's, uh, right to express themselves via art or it's like less of a specific deity worship right yes exactly that's that's him okay what what do you look like briefly other than being tall and not as muscular yeah i have kind of like a almost a silvery hair that's longer and a little bit radiant my eyes are are similar they're kind of they look a little bit odd and foreboding um, I don't have any big scars or anything like that. And I've got some armor and a shield and a sword. Well, I wrote a backstory that I thrust upon you all. So I will read that out so everybody else knows how this adventure starts. You were all sitting in a tavern one night in your hometown of Stathmore. Pam! Jacques know each other and are sitting together at a table. Drudge and McRibbon are off at separate tables, not yet aware of each other's existence. Suddenly, there's a loud ruckus outside. Several people, you amongst them, go out to see that a few orcs have wandered into town and are tearing up the town. All the people that went outside fight to protect the town, and you four are the only ones that survived this battle. You were bonded by this experience, and you started spending time together and discovered that you actually liked each other. I know it's new for you guys, but I think you could go with this. <laughs> One day, a group of bandits come to call. The townsfolk look upon you to save them once again. And you do. The nearby town of Willowdale has heard about your group and has asked you to come visit and look into a problem they're having with our clockwork tower. And they're willing to pay you for your service. So you go over to Willowdale, and you go to speak to Mayor Bigby. You enter the mayor's office, you see a very slight, hunched-over, older gnome woman wearing a dark blue velvet dress that is immaculate. 
Her office is sparse and extremely clean. It smells slightly of the lilac flowers that are the only decoration in the room. She is sitting behind a desk, the top of which is completely bare of any accessories. There's only one chair on the other side of the desk, and she does not ask any of you to sit. The clockwork tower was commissioned by the wealthy and retired adventurer, Jeanneline Geyer. As the tower neared completion, she grew deathly ill, and only survived long enough to hear the clock tower chime for the first time. Some say the tower is haunted. The Jeanneline spirit is unhappy with, tri- with people trying to tinker with her greatest creation. When the Clockworkers Guild inspectors tried to shut it down, one of them was crushed by the massive gears and perished, which only furthered the rumors of the tower being haunted. Now it's abandoned and left guarded by two clockwork guardians to deter further visitations. She pauses and looks at you slyly. You may not know, but the gear goddess Rava smiles on all such creations and destroying them is an affront to her sense of balance and industry. In other words, it's quite unlucky. When I asked around about finding someone that might be able to help with our little ghost problem, I was told tales of your prowess. We would like you to find out why blue lights have been seen occasionally flashing in the window and definitively discover whether or not the tower is haunted by its former owner. We are prepared to pay each of you 50 gold pieces if you can figure out what is going on. Oh, we oui, oui, madame. We shall help you. Good. Go. Okay, bye. <laughs> so, we cannot kill these clockwork guardians. You could try, but uh, it, it is it is uh, considered quite unlucky. Uh, I guess you don't know anything about the Guardians? I do not. Well, I, I don't know for sure what they left in there, but I know um, there are, tend to be huntsmen and hounds and other things that get turned into clockworks. Hounds tend to uh, be seen as status symbols as much as tools. They're infused with the spirit of a hunting dog and are lawyer trackers and guardians. And the huntsmen, well, they're typically used by police to hunt down people. Uh, They're pretty tireless and kind of hard to stop. Any other questions? Okay, go! Get out of my office! Okay, bye bye. Come on, guys, let's go. Okay. So you walk out. <laughs> you walk out of the office, and you can't miss the clock tower. It's just outside of town. It's sixty foot tall. Uh, it's a pretty big thing. It's a pretty big uh, clock right on the front of it. On the west side of it, there is a door. Uh, there's a large door that looks to like it's the main entrance. And on the eastern wall, if you look, there's a one window. About 40 feet up, the grime encrusted. You can't really see inside the clock tower at all through that. And on the front is the large clock face. And you look at it and you think about it for a second and the hands are nowhere near the right time. It doesn't seem like it's functioning at all. Hmm. It has been abandoned for months. What do you do? I will walk towards the door. Wait a second, that's, that's not my character voice. I'll walk towards the door. 
you say out louder that you're gonna do it. McRiven narrates. Yeah, there you go. McRiven. <laughs> no, I think I think what we would do is uh, we've obviously accepted this this task. So uh, the first thing to do is walk up to the door and see these uh, clockwork guardians or, or guards or whatever. You don't see any clockwork guards. You see the clock tower, and you see a door, and if you go to the other side, you see a window. Okay, so I think what I will do, what McRibbon will do, is walk up and try to open the door. It is locked. It's a fairly simple lock, but it is locked. Oh, dang it. Oh, you need me, you need my expertise, no? I shall open this lock and uh, do it too sweet. I step back. All right, I will, I will try to pick this lock. Give me a sleight of hand. Okay. Pam's like, come on, Jack, you got this. Ah, uh, that is only a 10. Uh, the lock doesn't open. Oh, man. You said so this window on the east side is like 40 feet up. Yep. Hmm. Is, the, is the side of the, is like the, the, you know, the outer walls of this clock tower, are they fairly like smooth? Or... It's all wooden, sorry. It is a wooden clock tower, just wooden planks oh. um, going vertical. Okay. Uh, but could not, uh, I'm afraid, could not get this door open. The lock is very sophisticated. Does it I look also like a very say it's not a very door? hefty door. No, it's not like an aluminum door. It is a wooden door. I take my great axe and hit the door right at where the lock would be to see if I can just bust it through. Give me an attack. Fourteen. Oh, the door kind of... You see the door move a little bit, but it doesn't really look... I mean, other than the fact that your axe hit wood, it doesn't really look like you damaged it that much. Okay. A little sturdier than that. You can keep hacking away, but we could perhaps climb to the window, no? That's a very high window. It is quite high, yes, but... Do you want me to throw you up there? Ah, that's a bon good idea. Bon good. Jock, Jock <laughs> yeah. why don't you give me a perception check um, while you're looking at the clock tower, at the actual clock. And McRibbon, are you going to continue banging on the door? Yes, I will. Attack it again. That's Come a on, six get for it, Ribby. perception. That'd be a 14. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you want me to roll damage? <laughs> no, because you didn't hit the damn door. He keeps missing. <laughs> if okay. we are what is considered to be the most skilled around here, then this town could be in trouble, no? <laughs> yes. Yes, the town's in big trouble. <laughs> so he's literally missing, Emily. Like, I'm watching him miss his hit. It's just, it's, it's, he's hitting it. It's just not doing anything to it. Okay. McRib, should, should yes. I try to pick the lock? What, be my Jack, guest. what did you do? Should I try? Of course, but it's quite sophisticated, though. Okay, I, I okay, do not okay. know if any of us could all have right, it. Alright, alright, chill out. So I walk up there, like, all prancy-like, and I uh, try to pick the lock. I get a nat 20. My sleight of hand is Bullshit. also plus four, so it's all good. Yeah! It takes you, like, two seconds, you pop the lock, and you open the door, and you're like, that wasn't hard. And Pam's like, BAM! You guys are so sorry. <laughs> Well, on, well done, go. Pamela. I knew I liked you for a reason. You walk in, and what you see is a very dusty room. There is one table, one desk, 
with a chair and it has drawers on either side and there is a wooden chest in this room. The, room, the, the ceiling is about 10 foot high. The room is about 25 by 30. It has a door on one wall opposite you. Do we hear anything? Uh, you, you, so everything is, it's, like I said, it's all dusty. It's kind of musty smelling. It, it's obvious nobody's been in here for months. Um, you hear a slight sound of whirring and clicking and gears moving. Oh, so we hear machinery even though the hands of sight weren't working. So something in here is moving. Yes. Okay. There's, what, so there's like, like a thick layer of dust around, like on the floor, like no prints or anything in it? Do we? Give me a perception check. God, my perception's so Ooh, natural 20. Ah, take that, Pamela! Good job, Jack. <laughs> you see footprints here and there. there. There is a slight trace of footprints going out the door, but then there's also some weird footprints, like, on the desk in different places. Ooh, somebody was having fun dancing on the desk. You say there's a door? Is there a... Where did you say the door was? Uh, opposite you, so if you look down on roll 20. Yeah. The door you came in, there's another door opposite that, but it is not anywhere near as sturdy of a door. It's an inner inside door. I, is it shut? Yes. I will walk over and try to open it. Okay, it opens. Okay. Perhaps we should maybe check out this chest first, no? Oh, you... Go ahead. I just want to see... Is there anything, what that noise is? Is there any light? It's dark in here. No, there's light coming in through the, the clock. Okay. Um, it's, it's glass. The, the clock itself is made out of glass, so there is some. Um, it's not translucent glass, not transparent glass, slightly opaque, so there is some light coming in. Okay, but I can see fine. I don't need to light a yes. lantern or a torch or anything. Okay. Correct. You can see. All right, I just stand by the door. Okay, I mean, I'll, I'll check out this chest if anyone, ha- unless someone has an objection. No, go for it. No. Okay, I'm just gonna try to open it. It does not open. It appears that there is a lock on oh, it. This is gonna be the. Come on, Jack, right. you got it. I would, I would like to try to open it. Yes, Mister Rogue, try and open the chest. Well, I have a plus seven, so that was a pretty shit roll on that f- <laughs> <laughs> that door. Okay, that's better. I got a twenty-one. Okay, you open the chest. Inside the chest, you see... Oh, Pamela, thank you for the encouragement, no? Ah, it helps tremendously. Oh, yeah, always always a cheerleader. When you open the chest, it, I, I, I get my, my loot out, and it's like... <laughs> makes noise. <laughs> Jackpot! You s- see some equipment that was left behind by the uh, clockwork inspectors when they had come in. And an explosive device. Two of them, actually. Okay. What What's in there, Jack? Do I do I so I, like I recognize them as such? Um, I think it's more like think of it as a stick of dynamite. Oh, okay. Holy shit! It just says explosive device, but uh, I would think it'd be like a commonly recognized right, one. Right. So not some like you, you see two sticks of dynamite. Okay. Is it, is it made by Acme? <laughs> <laughs> Big Acme stamped right on the side. Uh, there's some equipment and uh, a boom-boom stick. Uh, two, in fact. You <laughs> think the equipment might be worth um, 15 gold pieces. It could be worth some gold if any of you are interested, but nah. So would someone like a, a stick? A boom-boom? I would take one. Stop saying boom-boom stick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll walk over and, and grab one out of the chest. 
Ah, uh, Drudge, it suits you quite well, my friend. Yes, thank you very much. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I don't really have any uh, interest in in like the workers' equipment or anything. Is it like like clothing, like outfits, or is it like stuff to like work on the clockwork mechanisms? Stuff to work on the clockwork mechanisms. Okay, tools, so it's like tools. Okay, okay, yeah, I, I don't have any interest in that. Yeah. I'm pretty good with tools. I'll I'll take them. So McRibbon seems a little annoyed by the fact that these guys are just you know stealing things essentially, but he doesn't say anything. But the look on his face is disapproval. <laughs> I look up after picking them up and I think. What? They might help us fix the clock. So be it. Are we ready to move on? Yeah, lead the way. Okay. I uh, sort of glance out the door. I have my my great axe in hand, and I sort of stick my head out and listen a bit. Does the, the noises seem to be louder or different? Yes, it is louder when you go out here, and now you can smell a kind of a mechanical, oily smell when you open the door. Okay. And there's maybe a little bit of a... You can't quite place it like a lightning smell, like a, when it's thunderstorms kind of smell, and maybe a little bit of static that you hear. Okay. So is it like 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 petrichor or like from the rain on the? I was gonna say petrichor. The ground, or is it like more like the energy, like you know? Energy of like the lightning. Okay. Okay. So there's a charge to the room. Okay. I will step into the room. Well, you have to go down a couple steps. Your the office is on a little bit of a platform. Okay. You get down the steps into this massive room. I'll follow behind McRibbon. It's roughly a hundred by hundred and fifty foot. It's it's just a massive room. Okay. You go down directly across from you. You see just a pile of rubble, a bunch of gear, used gears, broken gears. To your left which would be to the north, if anybody's curious. Three massive gears that are that are turning. They're working. They're horizontal to the uh, ground, and they're, they're spinning. To your right, you see there's another little staircase, and there's the clock. The clock face is right there, and you can see that stairs go up to a hinged door right by where the six is, and you see that you could have come in that way had you seen it from outside. So we can see all the way up to the top of this tower? You can see about 30 foot up where the ceiling is. Okay. On the wall to your right, also just past the stairway, is a gear that looks like it could be a replacement gear in case one of the ones that was working broke or something. Okay. And right now, that's about all you see. Oh, these gears are huge. They are massive. Massive, massive gears. And you say we can we can see the clock face. You can kind of see through it. It's it's not transparent, but it is lights coming in. Okay. But you can't really see clearly out. So this isn't a really really tall clock tower. It is really tall. You're on the you're on one floor. The, the floor the ceiling is about thirty foot up, and that's what you see. Remember, there's a window at forty feet, so it's definitely taller than that. Sorry, I'm confused about the ceiling is thirty feet. Okay, why can we see the clock face if we're on the first level of a clock tower? Usually, isn't the clock usually at the top? You see the bottom of it, I okay, guess. Okay, so the bottom we half. can just see we can't read the part number. of the circle. Yeah, you see the six. And it extends above. The seven and five. I see, okay. It extends above the ceiling. It's okay, I, I motion to these stairs and, you know, politely. Pamela, after you. You're such a good boy, Jack. Thanks. So these gears are, in fact, 30 
foot diameter, five foot thick brass gears that stand above about five feet off the ground and turn against each other. A one foot diameter shaft leads from the center of each gear into the ceiling. I was really hoping we'd have a campaign free of shafts, but... (laughs) (laughs) And it seems like it leads to other gears that are in the upper part of the tower. There's a small gear fed by a crankshaft that terminates in a sparkling golden sphere to the west. Provides the motive force to turn the large gears. You can just see to the north there's a mechanical man and a hound that stand motionless. Ah. You can't really make out much detail, but the man just looks like he's wearing black armor. And the hound also looks like he's wearing black armor. Okay. Uh, McRivon, what what do you suggest? Well, there seems to be everything's in order here. We're looking for this mysterious blue light. I say we head up to the window. Yeah, I agree, mon, mon frère, mon, mon ami, I agree. So I head over to where the stairs are that go up to the next level. Okay, well, how are you getting there? Uh, it's not these right there? Those go to the clock face. Okay. And they go to a door that's like it's just a hinged door in the clock face. It looks like it just goes right outside. Oh, so the spiral staircase over on the far side of the room is what goes up. Yes, so if you walk into the room a little bit, you'll see over in the opposite side of the room... We're near where the Clockwork Huntsman and the Clockwork Hound are. There is a spiral staircase. The bottom of this spiral staircase is filled with debris. Everybody stop. She's trying to get us to walk farther into the room. I know this trick. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'll, I'll move up closer to the gears uh, where okay. I just moved to and sort of look across you know the room just so I can see what's on the other side of the wall of the office there. Do I see anything moving or anything? Around. You just see some more debris laying on the other side of the wall, and you see that uh, golden sphere that's just, it's, it looks, uh, there's there's sparks every once in a while shooting out from it, um, and it looks like, you know, those balls that have the lightning that shoot out of them, you put your hand on them, and it yeah, goes towards your, your hand. Mm-hmm. makes your hair all staticky. Kind of looks like that. Interesting. It's not emitting any blue light at all, though. No. So, so up is north, so then uh, east would be kind of... Uh, on the on our right, right. So that would be yes. the wall that has the window, but that was is not on this floor. No, okay. you can't see the window. Right, the window was higher than the the ceiling. Okay. Yes. Uh, shall we check out this this contraption? I wouldn't get too close to it, Shock. That that big ball looks dangerous. I cannot tell who is talking. I do not recognize the voice. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, you can do it. <laughs> I can do it. I vaunt to suck your blood, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of like match pace with McRibbon here a little bit here. Okay. Move, move kind of northward and closer to these, these clockwork mechanism. I am interested in this electric ball thing of a Is uh, are the gears moving very slowly? Or are they moving really relatively quickly? I mean, if you, if I touched it, would it, you know? spin me around or is it something I could hold on to? It is not spinning fast. No, it's they're they're massive, so they're spinning at a decent pace, but not fast. Okay. Hmm. We should get up on those. <laughs> no, Jack, Jack, that's not that's not safe. Don't do I that. think I would like to climb on them. 
Tactical advantage? No. There are things in here that could hurt us. Yeah, like the gears. Don't do it. Take the high ground? No. You stay down here. You stay safe. Ah, Pamela, you suck out the fun. It's not Pamela. It's Pam. Pamela, you suck out the fun. I I'll walk over towards the golden sphere. It sparks with electricity, and the air near it carries a strong smell of ozone. The shaft attached to the sphere rotates, turning the small gear that drives the larger gears. So the the sphere attached to a shaft attached to a small gear, and that small gear is what's turning the three big gears, which in turn are turning a shaft that goes up to the ceiling. This seems to be the power source of the clock. Nothing, nothing wrong with this. I say we move upstairs, and I'll walk back. It is back. functional, yes. So, um, where the shaft kind of goes up, how much of a gap around it through the ceiling is there? There's a little bit of a gap. It looks like maybe small creatures could climb through. Like possibly Jacques Mathieu. How big are you? Well, gob- goblins are like three-ish feet tall. Maybe. Mm, okay, I'm... Yeah, Jacques gets up on this big gear. <laughs> he wants to try to hop so up on it. as soon as Jacques climbs on the gear, the uh, Clockwork Huntsman comes to life. Uh-oh. <laughs> and he says, Jacques! Intruders, leave now. I will resort to force. Uh, my, my apologies. <laughs> I'm sorry. What are you doing? I'm not... He wants us to leave, so I'm not going to get down. Well, okay, I'll get down and see if that does anything. He kind of powers down a little bit. Well, he's not actually moved. You saw kind of lights in his eyes come on. And he said that. And the lights dimmed, but they're not off. What color are the lights? Red. Oh, okay. (laughs) Creepy. (laughs) Red eyes and this black. (laughs) Perhaps if I climb up here very fast, you can deal with him, no? No, Jack, don't. Could I could I walk around um, the far side on the opposite side of this sphere to make it around these gears? Is there enough space there? Gonna walk around the right side of it? Yeah, exactly. Yes, there's enough space for you to get okay. by. So I'm just gonna slowly walk that direction and keep an eye on on this guy. See if his eyes change at all. See what he does. Do you believe in the bad luck? Uh, the Metier family—they make their own luck. So nothing happens? Nothing's happening. I do not believe in luck, Jock. Let's go. Pam's gonna follow Drudge. Okay. I'm gonna start moving up around the opposite side then. The left She's side. gonna say, Jack, you have to the count of three to come down and follow us over here now. Okay, One. I'm down. I'm down. Okay, there we go. I was gonna get to uh, two Pamela, and three quarters. please, please. Count en français. I do not understand. <laughs> So, I, I don't know French. If I start walking <laughs> right in front of these guys, in between them and the gears, over towards the staircase, does anything happen? Nope. I think we'll just all follow Drudge. So nothing happens when I get real close to this electric ball thing? When you get real close to it? No. Don't touch it. Keep your hands to yourself, Sounds Jack. like M wants you to touch it, Leyland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pamela, I agree it could be a bad idea. I think I want to walk up about ten foot away from the clockwork hound and just give it a good once over, just to see what it's what it's, what it's how it's made, 
any weaknesses or anything that I could uh, could use if I was going to try to tear this thing apart in some way. It would take off its limbs or something. Is there a weakness? Well, what you see is a black mechanical hunting dog. Uh, it's just a matte black. It looks like armor, but that's what it is made out of. Um, and you see white teeth gleaming in its mouth. Um, and it is just standing there. It is doing nothing. Do they look like actual, like, dog teeth? Uh-huh. Ugh. Well, metal versions of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't pet the dog, okay? Beware of dog. Okay, I think I'll move on over to the spiral staircase. They don't look like they're any threat unless we start screwing with their uh, with their tower. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing the same. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The staircase is covered in all kinds of different gears and wood and all kinds of other debris that you see scattered around the floor in different places. It's pretty much, it's not completely impassable, but it would be very tricky to climb the stairs as is. Can we clear that stuff out of the way relatively easily, or no? It's all stuff you can pick up and carry, yeah. Okay. On this back wall here, there's more of these, like, replacement gears. That, like, are they, like, the size of the, the working ones, like the 30-foot diameter ones? Yes. Yes. Hmm. So we could possibly just tip them from the wall and crush these clockwork people. <laughs> I imagine they're quite heavy. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how they're attached to the wall. Let me think about that for a second. Are you suggesting this to us? Uh, perhaps, uh, worst case scenario, we can use the gear to crush them and then we go about and do whatever we please. What? As I they say, would I... be extremely heavy and yeah. would require a strength check to even move them. These guards are here to protect the tower and no threat to us. Yeah, we're not yeah, going to take down the tower. We're trying to fix the tower. That being said, if they become a threat, we will have to deal with them as they need to be dealt with. Yeah, we can put them in timeout or something. It's not a big deal. McRibbon <laughs> 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 oh oh looks confused for a moment. <laughs> Shakes his head a little bit and then moves over to the steps and sees if he can start moving stuff around. (laughs) What are the other ones doing? What are you guys doing? Drudge and Pam and Jock. Well, if if McRibbon's gonna start clearing, I'm gonna I'm gonna help him like try to start clearing some of this debris. Or if I can squeeze, I'll I'd probably just go up there. I'd be helping McRibbon clear things away as well. You're gonna move up next to the staircase, Jock. Yeah, right up next to McRib. Pam's going to move up close to Jock and McRibs and say, You can do it. Good job, guys. And just, like, cheerily. Pam alive. Have noticed that you talk a lot, but you do not do anything. But my talking is good. Soon as you get within... Oh, hold on. Let me let me roll and see if he realizes you're close to him. I'll give you a chance. Drudge, are you, are you with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm clearing... Uh, the staircase. Okay. Are you trying to be stealthy at all, Jacques? Or did you? Are you just up there throwing shit around? Uh, well, if that's what McRim is doing, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. But again, if I could slip through, I mean. Well, as soon as you get close to the huntsman, mm-hmm. he is going to come awake and say, "Intruders, leave!" Ah, I could be on a gear. This happens anyways. <laughs> He comes after you specifically. Oh, crap. Roll for initiative. <laughs> C- can we just talk this out? 
It is a machine. It cannot talk. It cannot reason. Says who? And what did you get for your initiative? I got an 18. Are we all rolling? If you want to be part of the fight right now, it's only going after Jacques. <laughs> you can do <laughs> it, Jacques. <laughs> I have a five. You know what? Pam's yeah, going to roll. Yeah, I have a three. Pam's going to roll. She defends Jacques. This is Jacques. bad. Oh, Pam gets six. She, <laughs> she cares a little bit. Drudge and Pam are like, eh, maybe we'll help. Okay, Jacques, you are first up. What did you get, Jacques? 18. 18. An 18. Uh, okay, so is this thing, like, it's got weapons? It's bearing weapons? It has a big axe. That it is currently holding and brandishing? It, it holding above its head, getting ready to swing at you. Whoa, okay. Um... Okay, I'm going to, uh, as a goblin, I have nimble escape. So as a bonus action, I can disengage or hide. So I will disengage <laughs> away from this guy. And oh, where should I go? Probably not close to the hound. Okay, I'm going to, yeah, bonus action, disengage. Boop, boop, boop. Just kind of retreat a little bit. It's fairly, it's fairly obvious that it, it's, it went directly for me, right? Yes. You were the only one. That touched the thing. Okay, come on, you stupid machine! I am right here. No, and I'll back up and I'll just pull out my whips, <laughs> and that's kind of uh, that's kind of all. You know what? I will then also use my movement. I'll just get like right far away from it, kind of right back up, backing up, right up into this electric ball thing, Madriga. Ah, come for me! You mean into it? <laughs> touch the electric ball. Do not touch figure. it. No, I do not touch it. Bam! It is your I'm turn. next with a six? Oh my. You are next with oh a six. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh my gosh. Jock, what do I do? I would suggest getting away from it. Vamala! <laughs> <laughs> so wow. my movement's 30, so. I'm going back by Jacques. No, not to me, you crazy! <laughs> oh, oh, right, sorry. <laughs> Can I change my mind? Or, you know what? Whatever, she goes back to Jacques because she's protecting her little bird. She's the empty nester. He's the bird right now. Um, can I talk to Jacques? More than I already did. Yeah, it's, your, it's your turn. Do, you can say something. Jacques, do I shoot? Do I? What do I do? Do I shoot him? Oh, wee wee! All right. I take out my hand crossbow and I try to shoot it. Oh gosh. My attack uses what? Sorry. Dex? With the weapon? Yep. If it's a crossbow, yeah, it'll be dex. So my attack roll is six, so I don't think it is. What is what is your dex? Uh oh. Two. So my roll is three, two, five. Yeah. <laughs> See, even worse. <laughs> right? My What did you roll? I rolled a three. My dex is a, is a plus two. Okay, so that's a five. That, yeah. So no, you don't hit. You go, you go, it goes pinging off the back wall. I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh my gosh. Ah, sorry, Good job, I'm better, I'm better with song. So this thing is, is right next to me. It is. And it is, uh, it has its axe above its head like it was... It was walking to go over and, and attack Jacques, right? Yes. Is it like kind of tracking me as I move around this room? Yeah, it watched you move. Ooh. Well, it, it will, I guess, when it hasn't had a turn yet. 
Okay, I will attack it. I'm going to take my great axe, which I have there, and I'm going to spin around and try to uh, to take it take its arms off of its body. If its if its arms are raised high, I'm going to swing high to try to try to hit the arms with a 14. 14 hits. Eight points of slashing damage. So I I swing up to try to, to try to take his arms out and clip off off of the metal with, with a with a spark. And does it look like it's uh, done any damage um, mechanically? With a slight scratch in the armor. Okay. Oh shit. That's not good. Drudge, it is your turn. What are the odds that there's a big bad boss after this fight? <laughs> <laughs> if I, if I wouldn't suggest blowing every single spell slot that you have. <laughs> if that's what you're getting at. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was getting at. Okay. I'm also gonna gonna make an attack at this guy with my longsword. And I'm also going to swing at one of his arms. I'm gonna try and make an unarm attack. <laughs> uh, with a... What do I add to my attack roll? As a... What kind of weapon you have? You just said unarmed attack, right? A uh, versatile weapon. It's a longsword? Yes. Add your strength modifier. And your proficiency if you're proficient with that. Which I believe you are. Are you using it uh, with both hands? That's what the versatile means, right? So versatile no, means you I've can wield it one-handed hand. or two-handed. Okay. Okay, right, right. Okay. Uh, so that is... Oh, I'm, I chose dueling uh, fighting as well, so that's plus two. So that is uh, 26. 26 to hit. Yes, that hits. <laughs> Is that all the damage? No, sorry. That's 24. I had the plus well, 2 to my um, my damage. His AC is a 14. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so that's uh, 4 points of damage. Ooh, you too put a little scratch that's in That's all armor. you nice. roll is 1d8. So with your, wep- with your weapon, Bill, so since you're unfamiliar, right, because you usually do spells... You, you just, it's the die, right? Plus yeah. your strength modifier. And because of your dueling fighting style, plus two as well. Oh, so it's okay. more than, right? But you get a three for strength, which is your, right? I rolled a two. Yeah. Plus two, plus three. So seven. Beauty. There you go. That's yeah, so a big, better. really big scratch. <laughs> Medium-sized scratch. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> did, did any of us mention when we were talking about our characters that we are third level? No, I think, we uh, didn't. Elena okay. briefly mentioned. But, I, su- I, I mean, said I'm a level three bard. Okay, I tri-classed, sorry. of course. Well, Come on. <laughs> it is now the huntsman's turn, and he does not like being beat on, so he is going to turn back towards McRibbon, swinging his axe in for a hopefully mighty blow. We shall see. Uh, Pamela, perhaps we shall just get out of here, no? I was thinking that. Let's just run. <laughs> Thirteen. He swings, you duck, and he misses. Goes right over your head. Okay. And now the clack- clockwork hound comes to life. Oh, His master is fighting, and he is going to bound over to Drudge and try and bite him. That is a 24. <sighs> 24 hits you, that Judge. does. It's an impressive hound. It's white teeth. 14 points of piercing damage to you as it clasps onto your <laughs> leg and gives it a little shake. Holy Hannah. This is going to be a short one shot. 
We see what it does to you, Hi. though. Okay. Let's run! Let's go up the stairs! I didn't write down how much H HP you all have, so oh, I have no idea if I'm getting close to killing you or not. I have 33. Back to the top with Jacques! What you gonna do, Jacques? Okay, um... Does it... Man, oh man. I'm thinking I want to try to disable this electric ball thingamajigger. Um... I mean, I can only assume that it... I don't know, do I have any... Is there anything that I could piece together that would 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 make Jacques assume that maybe... Um, like, this, uh, maybe this thing is also powering these clockwork dudes? They don't seem to have anything to do with it. It okay. looks like this thing is just powering the gears. Pretty distinctly different. And it's, it's got... I mean, give me a perception check. Okay. Or a... Uh, uh, what's an intelligence check? Um, Investigation? Yeah, that one. Ooh, I'm okay with that one. Uh, 19. Ooh, Jack. Oh, I wouldn't know what's going on in your head. Never mind. <laughs> no, no, Pamela, I speak out loud quite often. What about the dynamite? Oh, shit, I, I literally forgot about that. <laughs> Investigating this sphere, you hear, like, a whispering voice. Ooh. And you piece together that there is an air elemental inside the sphere. It's been trapped. Really? That would be a great thing to have on our side, but a very bad thing to have against us. I was just, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's trapped. I, I'm fr if I free it, I'm, that's like a, it's like a life debt. In those Who all grabbed the dynamite? Bill did. Uh, dr Drudge, Drudge did, Drudge. but <laughs> as a paladin, I probably shouldn't have. That's all right. Got shaky you morals. You feel something overcome you, and you feel like this electricity going up your arm, and you feel like maybe it needs to get out of you. Like the electricity, like it wants to move through me into something. Yes. Huh. Like it wants to shoot out of your arm. Ooh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here we go. I'm just gonna move over just a little bit little closer to Pam, and I will point one arm with my <laughs> whip towards the huntsman, and the other arm hand is going to touch this sphere. <gasps> <laughs> Jack! What'd you do that for? Uh, Pamela, it's our only hope! <laughs> You're worse than my kids. <laughs> no one ever listens to me. Beam of cackling blue energy lances out towards the huntsman, forming a sustained arc of lightning between you and the target. Make a ranged spell attack. Okay. Uh, well, I rolled an 11. I don't know what I'm supposed to be adding to it, but. What is your, we'll say, intelligence? Oh, okay. Yeah, I do have that as a spell casting. So my. Okay, then that's a 15 total. Oh, thank goodness that hits him. <laughs> uh, you get 1d12 lightning damage. 11. Nice. Good roll. Remind me of that in a second. When this lightning shoots out of your arm... Can Sorry, can I flourish this a little bit? I My whip um, my whip hand is like, you know, flinging this whip around, and finally I just crack it towards this huntsman. <laughs> Shoot this lightning. 
when this lightning shoots out of your arm, you briefly, just for a second, think that maybe you see this little hairless, rail-thin creature. Looks, um, looks kind of goblin-ish, but smaller and thinner and uglier, if you can believe that. And then it's gone. Where does he hmm. see it? Oh, I mean... Who, who sees it? Jacques. Well, you all, who any, anybody is looking at the lightning, but Jacques definitely where is, sees it. Well, where is this creature? In in the lightning. In Look, the it's lightning. there in the lightning in the for a second, and then it's gone. That's rad. Okay. All right. Have a lot. Give it a shot. No? <laughs> Does this fear look like anything happened? It's powered down for a little bit for a second, like it dimmed, and it's slowly coming back. Okay. Pam! It's your turn. Jock, I don't I'm have sorry, a- I'm sorry, Leland, you're not gonna have fun editing that. <laughs> Jock, I don't have a whip. What do I do? I... Ah, uh, Pamela, you put your own flourish, no? Oh. Shoot your crossbow. Yeah. Cast a bard spell to buff up your Now, Jock, uh, Jock isn't saying this, but Leland wonders if more than one of us joined hands and tried to use this if it would amplify if it would amplify at all. <laughs> we should all form just a, like a chain gang all the, and, and then the last guy in the line touches the the huntsman. The huntsman yeah. Zaps him. Well, Jacques, chain lightning. I don't want to touch it. Here. I don't want to touch it. Are you still touching it? I'll put, I don't know. If I'm still touching it, I'll put my hand out to Pamela. Pamela, grab me hand. All right. So I grab his hand, <laughs> and I dock my arrow, and I try to shoot my bow. Well, as soon as you touch his hand, you get shocked, and it hurts. Ah! And you quickly pull away, and you take two points of damage. <laughs> Pamela, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Good idea, buddy. You, you, you need a comb now. <laughs> yeah, my hair's all frizzy. You messed up my do. <laughs> And Jacques, if you're still touching it, you also take two points of damage oh. as the shock comes back through you. Okay. Do I have a turn still? Yeah. Can I be like, ah, whatever, and reach back? And I touch the thing myself, and I shoot my arrow. What, how are you touching it if you're shooting an arrow? Because it takes two... Oh, it's a hand crossbow, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so that's only a one-hand thing. Yeah. And the arrow was already docked because I thought I was doing it touching Jacques. So I basically, like, five feet away, like, I just take a few steps. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Roll a d12 for lightning damage plus your arrow damage. Yes. Well, no, you gotta roll you're giving me. First. Oh, roll I was gonna say, first. you're giving me an automatic yeah. hit. It's magic <laughs> missile. No, 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 roll to hit first. <laughs> I'm not that nice. Sorry, what do I roll? What do I add to my roll? Dex? Is that what you said? Dex. Yeah, so that's yeah. a 19 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Sweet. Okay, now roll, roll a d12 and whatever your crossbow damage is freaking kidding me. I roll a 1 on the d12, a 2 on the d6. <laughs> That's 6 points of damage. Okay, so you shoot your arrow out and you see the arrow goes at the same time as lightning shoots out and hits the huntsman. And it gives him a nice little scratch. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> Do we see the creature again? Yeah. In the flash? No, you don't see him this time. Oh, okay. We just let it out. <laughs> <laughs> Pamela, you, you let it out! You it's escaped! Let what out? Nick <laughs> hey, Rabbit, it's your turn. Okay, so I see all this uh, shocking stuff going on. Uh, is the hunt as the huntsman gets uh, hit by this lightning, does it do anything 
does it like course through his body and and do anything uh, mechanically to him, or does he just seem to take it and? He just takes it. He doesn't react at all. It does kind of course through his body, but he, he does it's like he doesn't even notice. Okay. Does this thing look relatively heavy and stout? I mean, it looks like full plate mail armor. Okay. Well, in that case, I'm just gonna uh, hit it again. Uh, uh, take my great axe up, and and this time with a little more oomph, I'm going to you know sort of grit my <laughs> teeth and go right into yeah, it. Yeah, oomph that thing. That's right. Oomph him. Oomph him. That would be a nineteen. That hits him. That would be a 13 slashing damage. This time, with your little more oomph, you actually put a dent in him. Okay, but it, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to affect his abilities to move or anything like that. It just I'm just I'm just beating on a wall essentially. Yes, I mean you are damaging that wall. Yeah. But you couldn't tell it like there's no reaction. You're not getting any kind of reaction from it. Okay. Judge. Could I take? A few steps backwards and charge. At... Well, remember you got this hound on your leg, essentially. Uh, hmm. Well, right at your leg. He just took a, a nibble on you. If you if you back away from him, he will get an opportunity attack. Right. Oh, I forgot about that. What if I don't take steps backwards and just try and? and I mean, he still get an opportunity attack. Why? Dang it. And try and what? I wanted to try and grab this huntsman and run with him into the gears and like get him all just ground up in the workings of the gears <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was sort of thinking too but oh that's awesome it's pretty stout you can do that but the hound would get an opportunity attack okay do and it. how do the mechanics of that work I make a strength you would make a strength check against his yeah strength contest okay your strength against his strength how strong is he and I'm rolling for him so you have a good shot that's true okay <laughs> And also, when you when you move with a grappled creature, you move at half speed as well. Oh, dang it. Leland, you're not the DM. Don't What's tell her that. What's your speed? <laughs> you don't have your speed right now. The gear's only 15 feet away. when you move with a grappled creature, you move at half speed. Well <laughs> <laughs> um, said. Sorry, how far are the, are the gears? Well, I mean, from the huntsman feet. himself, it's only like 15 feet away. Yeah. Oh. yeah, it's about 15 for him to hit that first gear, but it's like the outside of the gear, but they are moving, so... If you can hold him against it, it would drag him along. Yeah, I like the sounds of that. Yeah. Let's go for it. I'll take that opportunity attack. Okay. So how do we do this? Um... Well, let me do the opportunity attack for the hound first. It rolled a 20. Does the hound <laughs> get the opportunity attack when he moves away or when he attempts to grapple the huntsman? Wait, time out. He rolled a 20? Before... Not natural. Not natural. Before you decide whether it succeeds or fails... Should I? No, he's moving. Okay. What are you What are you thinking <laughs> of doing? I have my bardic inspo, baby. Oh. I could minus a d6 from that. Trudge, you don't want to move unless you have the huntsman grappled first, right? Or are you just moving? Anyway? I was thinking he was kind of like tackling it, like a football tackle. Oh, well, I, I mean, oh. he's he's right beside me, so I wouldn't get, I wouldn't really be able to get a running head start. I'm just gonna try and. Basically, you're just gonna run into him and push him into the gears, right? Well, because he's directly adjacent to me, I would envision that my only option would be to more or less, like, grab him slash sort of pick him up and run with him, right? Because I don't have any, um, like, runway to get a... Yeah, maybe he should see if he grabs him first, because if he doesn't, he wouldn't move, right? I don't know. It's it's M's call. That's a good point. I'll I'll give you that. You can see if you can move him first. Okay. So Mm -hmm. I just make a strength check. 
yep. Pete's sake. You can do it. You can do it, Drudge. So that's a nine. Yeah, no, you run into a brick wall, basically. Okay. He is not moving. Not, I so didn't. therefore, no opportunity attack. Which is good, because you would have getting, gotten bit again. I didn't eat my Count Chocula this morning. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any, any other things you can do on your turn? I think that probably uses my action, right? That would be his action, wouldn't it, Leland? Yeah. Yeah. That's your action, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Is he, like, a little bit dented? No, no, he didn't even notice your attempt. Is there, like, fingerprint smudges on his armor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of a grease stain. That's going to rust over time. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so, since you just tried to do that and you're all up in his grill now, he's going to bring his axe around and try and smack you with it. Uh, I'd like to see him try. <laughs> you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a 21. Oh, that hits. Yeah, imagine that. Oh, but he just hit you. That's four damage. Okay. He just just barely missed you. I guess he was a little off balance from your attempt to grapple him. I would think so, and he's probably concerned about the smudges on his armor. He's <laughs> super concerned about that. He's like, oh no, my shiny appearance. It's now the hound's turn. And since you moved, the hound is now going to... Well, no, you attacked his master, so he's going to attack you, Drudge. 15 hit you? Nope, that's a miss. So he's going to try and snap at you again, but you just dodged out of the way. And it missed, and his ears, or his ears, his teeth clack on the air. All right. I've been bitten once. Won't be bitten again. Shock. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, this is looking... Once bitten, twice shy? Yeah, something like that. (laughs) This is uh, is looking bad for these guys. Just trying to figure out, um, hmm... You hear a slight staticky whisper coming from the globe again. Like it wants me to touch it again? Touch me. <laughs> uh. You don't know, you just you just hear this you can't quite make out what it's saying, you're just hearing this this whisper and it's kind of sparkly sounding. Okay. Sparkly sounding. Alright, uh I'm just gonna <laughs> Let's just do it again. I'm going to touch it again and try to do the same little lightning trick here. Just crackling lightning coming down your arm, feeling like it needs to get out. Okay. I guess the, there's no way that I could really hit this hound, right? It's kind of on the other side of Drudge and McRibbon. Yeah. Okay. So, Huntsman it is. Attack roll. Oh, uh, 14. 14 hits him. Ugh. Okay. D12 of lightning shoots out and hits the Huntsman. Four. Four. Four points of damage. Bogus. Okay, um, so that was my action, right? Yep. I'm gonna move now. Can I hop up under this gear again? With just my move, or does it gonna cost me more than that? You are only, what, 15 foot away, so that's like half your movement to move there? Yeah. I'll give you other half the movement to climb on top. Okay. Boom. I'm up there. Say, and you're spinning around. Drudge, perhaps, perhaps the boom boom stick, no? And that's me. Pam! Elena's not used to casting spells, so she doesn't know how to, like, go about this. Alright. Pam! Pam's like, guys, I got this! And, uh, she's gonna target the hound and the huntsman. Now, I'm just realizing that Drudge is between them, so that's not great. 
I wanted to get both of them. Should I do this or should I do the other thing? Because I'm so going to get... thinking about casting sleep. Um, you're going to want to target the, the person with the lowest amount of hit points, I think, right? Yeah, but... Uh, oh, no. It, I, I wanted to get both, but I didn't realize that It automatically starts moved. with the person with... Basically, I didn't realize that the huntsman had moved. Dang it. Yeah. Is he not within range Because I would put all you to sleep. <laughs> I would put all you to sleep unless I target a point that only, like, touches the huntsman. What does, what does the spell um, say? The spell sends creatures into a magical slumber. I roll 5d8, um, and I aim within 20 feet of a point I choose, that, and then the people are affected, ignoring unconscious creatures. In ascending order of the current hit points. And the total that I roll on 5d8 is the number of hit points of creatures the spell can affect. So the creature with the lowest current hit points, if I were to target two, is unconscious or sleeping first. Yeah, it would probably be built. (laughs) Well, I was gonna try to target both of them, but now that they're separated, I could still target a point between me and the huntsman that would put the huntsman to sleep. So... Theoretically, if the Huntsman has, like, we'll say 30 hit points and you roll a 15, he wouldn't go to no, sleep. No, he doesn't. That's it's right. a waste. It's That's a waste. Right. You have to roll more than what his hit points are. Yeah. yeah equal equal I would, to him. I would save that. Okay. <gasps> they're all, they're also, like, do. machines, too. Yeah. They may have some weird immunity. Who That's had the dynamite? Yeah, who had the dynamite? Uh, I do, and, uh, and Rudge. Wait, wait, can you hand it to me on your turn? On my turn? <laughs> Yeah, he I'd can't have to give hand me the dynamite. I can't go get the dynamite from him. Well, he's currently not there anymore. He's oh, moved. Jock is move? just spinning around on top of this. Where did gear. he go? He's on a. He's, he's on, on top of the gear, but the gear is moving. It's spinning, so he's not next to you if anymore. If I say like, "Hey, Jock, throw me the dynamite," he couldn't throw it to me. I could do it on my turn. On his <sighs> turn, not on your turn. Um. So, just how quickly is this thing moving? Like, every round, how many squares is it moving? Me, kind of thing. We'll say every round it moves you two squares. So, so every sorry every round or every turn. Uh, but every turn we'll say one square. Let's okay. Say, let's say that every turn it's one square. Okay, I'll, I'll make sure I keep myself <laughs> moving around this thing. <laughs> All right, so Pam decides not to put anyone to sleep because that's dumb, apparently. <laughs> Pam's going to hurl some uh, some insults at the Huntsman. She's going to use Vicious Mockery, which is one of her cantrips. And uh, he has to make... He has to succeed on a wisdom saving throw in order to avoid psychic damage and disadvantage on the next attack that he rolls. Oh, I like that. She's going to say some real mean things, you guys. Pam ain't messing around. That's a 15. What do, what do they have to be... DC. Oh, my spell DC? Frick. Eight. Thirteen. Eight plus your proficiency plus your modifier. Yeah, it's thirteen. Yep. So he beat it. So. <laughs> How can he be wise? He doesn't care about He's such the a mean things pants. that you said. He's such a poo-poo <laughs> pants. Why does that not your affect him? Your words just roll right off of him. Freaking poo-poo pants. <laughs> McRibbon. Oh, so, sorry, Elena, like... Um... Your bardic inspiration, you give that out with your bonus action, I believe. I know. I could have used it as a reaction as well on my own turn, but I chose to save Uh, it. I only have three per long rest. I don't think we're getting a long rest. Oh, I see. Yeah, not likely. Or 
with cutting words, I can use it as my reaction. Is the actual? It's from my College of Lore. Oh, okay, that's cool. I can use it on myself. Yeah, I still have to give it out though. Yeah, you're right. So I'm standing right next to this uh, this dog, correct? This mechanical beast. You're standing next to the dog and next to the huntsman. You're standing next to both of them, essentially. All right. So, but the huntsman's looking away from me. No, it's looking at you. Okay. It well, it was Drudge that it attacked last time, so it's looking at Drudge. Okay, and Drudge, Drudge is also next to me, correct? Yeah. Yes. All right. So, is the uh, is the hound biting into Drudge right now, or is he? Did he bite him? No, and it bit him and like okay. bit and let go, and then it missed last time. It glanced off his arm. So I want to grab the dog. Okay. And I want to try to pick it up and throw it over towards the sphere. Ooh. Give me a strength contest. Not bad, not bad. That would be a 21. Okay, you pick up the dog and you throw him towards the sphere. Okay. But that's Can where I... I'm at. <laughs> um, how do I figure out how far you throw him? I think he lands on the sphere last last I checked the uh, Yeah, he definitely hit the, the sphere. Yeah, it's in the player's handbook. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to hand wave that. So, so what's the distance uh that I would have to throw this beast. Uh, Pretty damn five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty, thirty-five, forty, forty-five. Yeah, forty-five feet. But McRibbon's so, strong. It's real strong. Why don't strong. you roll roll a d ten, and that's how many squares you throw them. All right. All right. Ten, that sounds fair. Ten, 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 ten. That'd be a seven. Oof. Okay, so he goes. He's right at Pam. <laughs> You throw him 35 feet, and he lands on his feet. Holy shit. Like a kitty cat. Okay. I said he's a dog. But how close to the sphere is he now? He's faced towards you. Uh, he is 15 feet away from the sphere. Okay, I'm going to use my mark of despair. This is uh, special to the oath of despair. And I'm going to use my channel divinity to mark... Uh, the the big guy with a tinge of despair. So as a bonus action, I can point my finger with, to a target within 30 feet. The creature must make a charisma saving throw or gain the mark of despair. So I need you to give me a charisma Wait, save. Is this an action to do this? This is a bon- bonus action. Fail it. Fail it. Yeah, he's got great charisma. That's a negative five, so that would be um, a total of a negative four. I think you didn't nice. make it. So what this mark of despair does, it's uh, it's pretty nice. It says it, any target marked with despair takes 1d8 necrotic damage from all damage for one minute. So anybody hits it, it takes an additional 1d8 for one minute. Now that's necrotic damage, so I don't know if he's has any immunities to necrotic damage or not, I would think probably. But see what... It does not specifically say necrotic. Okay. Whoa, that's nuts. You're causing him to rust, essentially. Yeah. I like it. Alright. Cool. I'm done. Okay, so now anytime anybody hits him... Yeah, so I'm gonna say just for flavor uh, that... I point my finger at him, and you you see me sort of uh, say this low pitched. I sort of say this, "Rosdian," 
you know, something of that sort of a scary sound and, and you see this small amount of glow around him for a moment. Well, it doesn't matter if they know or not. He automatically takes a D8 extra damage anytime he gets hit. Whether they're aware of what's going on or not. Just flavor. So, uh, sorry, I have a question. Um, like, since we all know each other and we've been traveling together, like, we have a yes. fairly good idea of each other's abilities. Yes. Okay. Because, like, yes. Yeah, you've probably seen him do this before. Okay, okay. So we could, we could surmise, we could, we know the effects of what he's done then, basically. Right. Be- because that, whether or not Jacques really knows what it is doing, like, yeah, you said, regardless, it will take the extra damage, but that will still change what Jacques might do if he doesn't quite understand exactly what just happened. But You know what I mean? Yeah, and Pam's like, yeah, McRib, that was so tight. <laughs> yeah, Thank bro. You. Thank you, Pam. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for saying it right. Okay. So I'm going to attack the uh, Clockwork Huntsman with my longsword. And I'm going to expend a spell slot. <gasps> so you, you can't, I believe you can decide to do that after you figure out whether you hit or not, right? Ooh. I like your thinking, yeah. Jock. Yeah, roll first. <laughs> <laughs> smite! Smite, smite, smite. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Uh, good thing you pointed that out, Leland. He doesn't hit you guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, seven. Seven total. Yeah. Swing and a miss. Yeah. He ducked right out of your your range, and it went right just next to him. Not, actually, not even wasn't close. even close. I just you like closed your eyes and swung. Yeah. It would help if our support character, like, supported us. Oh, but see, I already... <laughs> oh my gosh. It's Wait, hard... It's hard to judge when to use it, because this is my first time ever playing anything good. But it's also, like, I also have to say it before Emily says it's a miss. Say what? I have to say that I'm giving him bardic inspiration. Right, but that's because you're focusing on the reaction way you use it, right? If it's you a bonus action, if you give us the you give us if on your turn, right? So if you use it like like this the regular way, right? On Not my what's... actual turn, I need to give it to him so that he has it in his. Yes, and he can yeah. choose to use it whenever he wants, right? It, it lasts a certain yes. amount of time. Okay, fine. Gosh, you guys, sorry. Um, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure how. Way to railroad the the whole operation here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not sure. Could you, I'm not sure how long it actually lasts. Because like, if it lasts, I think it was like ten minutes. It's for ten minutes. So as long as he uses it in the next ten minutes, yeah. I was gonna say if it was longer, that would not. That would be even better because we would have it continuing through this. Tower it's hard for me to judge. It's no, we'll I get have it. it for this fight. And you only this have this fight. Which That's what said, I'm saying. Right? There's got to be more fights. Okay. Don't you have any healing spells though? Yeah. I do as well. Okay. okay. I have Just some checking. healing. The Clockwork Huntsman is going to bring his axe down on Mick Ribbon's head. Maybe. Oh, probably not. Eleven. Eleven does not hit Mick Ribbon. The Clockwork Huntsman is going to bring his axe down, and Mick Ribbon is going to 
very easily dodge his axe. And then the Clockwork Hound is going to bound over and all the way back, and he's got a grudge against McRibbon, so he's going to try and take a bite out of him. Scruff, McGruff, Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> six, six, five, two. <laughs> take a bite out of crime. <laughs> Thank you, Elena. That was good teamwork. <laughs> 18 hit McRibbon. Oh, it does. An 18 hits it, McRibbon. It does. Just gonna latch onto your leg and just take a big old chomp out. Ooh, that is 22 points of damage. That's pier- piercing damage? Piercing damage. Okay, so I do have heavy armor mastery, so I do take three less uh, when wearing heavy armor, bludgeoning, slashing, and piercing damage you from non-magical weapons is reduced by three. So that's 19 points total. Chomps onto your leg and it dents into your armor and it causes damage by the piercing point into the armor and denting the armor. Jacques? Uh, this is quite the pickle you have gotten us into. So I'm going to jump down off of this stupid gear. Pretty sure it's your fault. No, 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 this could not be Jacques' fault. This makes no sense. <laughs> and so I've just got both both my whips, and uh, from reach, from like 10 feet away, I'm going to whip this this uh, hound. Um, so I do have uh, two weapon fighting, so I'll make I'll use my bonus action to, to do the second attack as well. Yikes, that's a, a 12 and a 7. 12 hits. Oh, okay. Thank goodness. And uh, I do get my schneck attack. Which is only one d6, and I get a plus eight. Oh no, which one are you hitting? The, oh, the, the dog. Yeah, yeah. Okay, plus okay. The it's on the other one. No, you marked the dog, right? No, I marked. He the, marked the marked huntsman. The huntsman. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm. Oh, okay. Well, sorry, I misunderstood. Because I would have attacked with whatever you marked, but uh, okay. So on the dog, then I got uh, nine slashing, and yeah, nine slashing. Okay. You finally hit the dog. Good job. Pam! Pam! Whips out Pam. her loot. Now's not the time for music, Pam! And uh, she whispers and sings these healing words over to Drudge and uh, uses healing word. So he can get a d4 plus. Spellcasting. Spellcasting ability modifier? Does that just mean my charisma modifier? Yeah. Okay, so plus three. So d4 plus three. A one plus three. I'm rolling real great tonight. So you get four health back. All right. McRibbon. The huntsman and the hound are right next to you. Well... I would uh, attack the hound for, you know, doing some major damage, but I think since I just marked the other one, I'm going to uh, take my great axe and sort of leap into the air and try to try to bring it right down on his head. That would be a 19 to hit. That's it. Some 14 points of damage. Ooh, that's a good hit. That's including the D8. Yep. He's starting to look a little worse for wear. Okay. Been around the block a couple times. 
And I'm going to look down at the dog and, and uh, try to catch its eye and, and sort of snarl at it. <laughs> it pays you no attention. Drudge. All right. I'm going to try to attack the huntsman again. Get him. Get him, Drudge. I'm done with this die. This is absurd. Why are you using the same one? Where's your attack? That's a eight to hit. Eight does not hit. You whiff again. He just dodges right out of the way of your hit. He saw it coming. He knew exactly what you were going to do, and he moved exactly the right time (laughs) to just dodge that hit. All right. It's now the huntsman's turn. And since (laughs) he can't tell, but he's laughing at you now, Drudge. He's going to try and hit you. Oh, Drudge will remember that. 18. That's a miss. So he swings his axe around, and he's overconfident, and he just right next to you. He's trying to do some fancy move. He just, just barely missed you. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it's now the hound's turn, and the hound is going to try and bite McRibbon. That was a pretty Romanian laugh, if I've ever heard one. I've been, I've been practicing. <laughs> <laughs> now you stupid puppy, you attack me, huh? And a 12 does not hit McRibbon, so the, the hound snaps on air as McRibbon pulls his leg out just at the last second. Back up to Jacques. Jacques, you can do it. Hmm. How large is this hound? Is it, a, is it a medium-sized creature? Are you going to try to ride him? Jock, don't do I it! I was going to try to get on it, yeah. I knew where you were going before you even said it. <laughs> well, okay, Well, so what I'm thinking here is I think maybe I want to jump on it and maybe find like a, a crevice or something I can jam this dynamite into. It is medium. It's medium, okay. Okay. How big is this bum hole? <laughs> <laughs> medium? So It surprisingly doesn't have one. As mechanical creatures don't poo. Well, that's just preposterous. I mean, there's something to be said about you know, Unbelievable. accurate anatomy, regardless of whether or not you need it to, to function. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> I'm quite concerned about why you feel a mechanical creature needs an extra hole in it. For dynamite, naturally. Yeah, for dynamite. <laughs> All right, I, I'm, I would like to try to get on this thing. Uh, Pamela, get ready with the lightning! G- give me a dex throw. Like an acrobatics? Yeah. Uh, 21. Yeah, you get on it. Okay. Um, is there, like, some place I can, like, jam this dynamite stick into that won't, like, immediately fall, f- like, fly out? It, ha- it has kind of a, um, little bit of a seam in between its neck and its back. And each one of its joints, there is like a little bit of a space, space, a little gap, like armor would have. Okay. Probably not really that big, though, right? Um, if it's looking down, the seam on its back of its neck is a little bigger when it looks down. Can I uh, give it the old reach around and try to just shove it down its throat? Yeah, give me a... Let's do... Oh, let's do a sleight of hand. Okay, I can do that. Ooh, a natural 20, so 27. Ah. Yeah, it, uh, it opens its mouth to bite 
like his, his mouth is still open from trying to bite whoever it was trying to bite last, McRibbon, I think. And just as it's, uh, before it gets a chance to close its mouth, you shove the dynamite inside. Okay. The unlit dynamite. Yeah, no, I know, I know, okay. And the dog. Pamela, hit me with the lightning! <laughs> and that, that's, I guess that's it, that's all I got. <laughs> Hey, I have to hit him in the dynamite in the mouth. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. I don't have any fire. I can't light this thing. Hold on. I mean, you, you don't have Tinder on you? I no, I don't. Pam has pressed the digitation. Hold on, let me look it up. A flint in the stone or something. I can create sparks. Press the digitation can create a fire. Just let me read the spell for myself. I have to be within 10 feet. <laughs> Just oh, hit the fucking it? thing with lightning, One, God damn two, it. three, <laughs> four, five. You can't move and then cast. Though. I can't move and then cast. Yeah, yes, you can. Yes, you can. can? Yeah. Why not? You can move in action or action to move or move part and action to move part. Yeah, I'm moving 30 feet, so I'm 10 feet away from this beast. And I'm instantly lighting a small campfire. No, I'm just kidding. So, you moved your entire movement? So, I'm going to move 25, so I'm 10 feet away, cast a little fire in this doggy's mouth, and then move five back. Okay, you see a little spark. (laughs) What? (laughs) You see the little, the, you see just a little spark, that's all you can see, that's all you can tell what's going on. I suggest you get back. It's lit. Get out of there. It's lit, kids. McRibbon, it's your turn. <laughs> All right. Do I need to do uh, some kind of a check to realize what's going on? I mean, I heard I heard him yell to light it, and I saw this spark, right? Uh, no. Well, you weren't looking at the dog, were you? I'm just, I believe I, you attacked I, the huntsman last time. Yeah, but they're both within five feet of me, so my question would be, do I have some kind of a role for a perception possible? Give me a perception. Yes, give me a perception check. Uh, 16. You think you saw something going on out of the corner of your eye, but... I mean, you did hear them say, it's lit. Yeah, I said it several times because it's such cool lingo. You don't know exactly what's lit, <laughs> but something is lit. It's lit in here. This whole tower is lit. <laughs> I'm going to, uh, no, I don't know the lingo, so I'm going <laughs> to assume it's something bad. Uh, I did see you guys get uh, some kind of uh, explosives you were talking about earlier that I did see you steal from the chest. So I will glance over and... I mean, I'm still on the freaking dog. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, by the way, you're on the dog. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> You are on the dog. I am going to look down, uh, realize, I believe I'm going to realize what is going on, and I'm going to try to uh, dash. I know there'll be opportunity attacks involved. but um, On both of them. I'm going to try to, to dash. Uh, basically, well, let me do it this way. I'm going to... I'm just going to go ahead and attack, and then I'm going to run. So let me do that. <laughs> Wait, don't don't okay. let the dog bite you. <laughs> the stick will fall out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, my choices are potentially being bit and dying, or being blown into many pieces. I think now he's got exploding bite. I think what I'm going to actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab the the uh, 
the big guy. What what is he? Uh, Huntsman. Huntsman. And I'm going to sort of throw him over in the in between myself and the dog. That's what I'm going to try to do first. So you want me to give you opposing okay. strength checks? Yep. Oh, that's cool. That's twenty-two. Oh yeah, you move him. Okay. You are. He is so, now in so between. So essentially, you I'm and the dog. I'm just sort of pushing him in between, and then I'm going to make my movement and and run the other way thirty feet. Which way are you running? Are you running towards the east, away from the stairs? I'm going away or? from the stair. As far, uh, yeah, the away from the dog. Hopefully, wherever the dog is, I have the huntsman in between me and the dog, and I'm going the opposite direction. Okay, so uh, a huntsman will get an opportunity attack because mm-hmm. he is now blocking the dog, so the dog does not get one. That was smart. That's a twenty-two to hit. That is. So as as you you grab him and you put him in between you and the dog, and as you start to run, he's going to take his axe and swing it around and swipe at your back. And he just barely got you for four points of damage. Slashing damage. So that's minus three, so that's one point of damage. Okay. Alright. Okay. Drudge, what are you going to do? I'm going to put my hands over my ears, too. (laughs) Drudge, give me a perception check to see if you notice all the shenanigans. Oh, no. This is absurd. He has not rolled. Oh, no, never mind. Sorry. I'm blind. Oh, I thought it was a one. So, 17. So you are facing them. You're facing the dog and the huntsman, and you notice the dynamite stick go in there, and you notice a little spark of it being lit inside the dog's mouth. Okay. It's lit! I think I'm gonna... And you hear her say that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I think I'm gonna mimic what McRibbon did. That seemed like a pretty good thing to do. So I'm gonna try and move this huntsman in between me and the uh, hound, and I'm gonna take off in the direction... You don't really need to do that because he's not blocking your way. Okay. Sure. So you could disengage. take an attack and then run. Or how does how does disengage work? It prevents their that opportunity attack. That is your action. Attack? Yeah, it does. Can I still move? Yes. <sighs> You're not used to all this up close combat. I know. I'm used to slinging mage hand from the squishy. from the back. Yeah, I'm, I think I'll disengage and take off. I'm, I'm hurting. The huntsman is sad to see you go. <laughs> Where are we going? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do that because that dynamite's gonna blow them both sky high. What's your movement? So I'm gonna move in the direction of McRibbon, so to the east. Uh, before you do that, I, you are the, the hound would get an opportunity attack still because you are engaged with both of them. Uh, so it's di- disengaging negates all opportunity attacks. I thought it only did get yeah, No, one. it's all of them. Okay, never mind. Go on. Run. Run, you little weenie boy. <laughs> I didn't eat my Count Chocula this morning. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the Huntsman has a speed of 40. He doesn't want to ha- hang around and see what happens when the dynamite blows up? He's not at all concerned about the dog. He's just going to run up here. Right up, get up and make Ribbon's face. Do I and... get an attack of opportunity? Ooh. Because I'm still on this dog. You would, wouldn't you? All right. Yeah, yeah you're you're right. Of I'm going to try get him with my jump. whip. Oh, that's only a 12. Gosh. Yeah. You just missed him. He starts running and you're like, wait a second. And you flick out your whip and the 
end of the whip goes right behind him. And he runs over and gets up in McRibbon's face and he swings his axe for 13, which I believe is a miss. That is a miss. The hound, now with Jacques on top of him, is going to try and snap at Jacques. He's going to try and throw him off. So I will do an athletics check against your dex check, whichever one dex you want to do. Okay. Is he going to open his mouth? Or is the mouth going to be closed? 23. He's trying to just throw him off, and I got a natural 20. Oof. So is that like so, Trump mine? Jacques is going to go flying. Yeah, because I got a plus seven, so it's a 20. Oh. oh. Yikes. So I just fall off? You fall off, and but you go up in the air first, and I think that would be the hound's action, but I th- it's a D6 per 10 feet of falling, right? Yeah. I think you're going to take a D6 halved of damage. Take three points of damage. Jesus. Falling off the hound. That's a six. Dang. But he wanted off anyway, so thanks. That's true. So, do I fall in like a random direction? Yes, so I will roll a d4 and I'll tell you which way you fall. North, south, east, or west. Okay. Uh, So you fall towards the south, which would be down the screen. Okay, so I'm still next to it, though. Yeah. It's just kind of like buck me off. I imagine I had like my one whip around like its neck trying to like (laughs) hold on to like like a bridle or something. (laughs) Just like a bull, it bucked you off. So is that are we back to the top with me now? Yes, Jacques, it is your turn. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna piece it. Uh, all right, I'll just use my uh, the old gobliny nimbly escape and bonus action to disengage, run away, back to the electric ball thing. Uh, I guess, I mean I guess I could still try to lightning him, right? <laughs> so yeah. I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna try to lightning him again with my action. So you're gonna touch the sphere? Yeah. Put my hand on it, just like the two times before. Okay, give me an attack roll. As soon as you reach out to touch the sphere, you hear that whispering again, too. Mm, okay, that's also intriguing me. Uh, 14. 14 hits it. Five lightning damage. Pam! Oh, man. <sighs> it has not gone boom boom yet. What, what is this? Jacques, <laughs> what's going on? I would get away from my law. Ah, okay. So Pam backs up next to Jacques. Come and do these, shocky shocky. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so Pam <laughs> cocks an arrow in her hand crossbow. One, two, three, four. Yeah, I can reach. I reach back. My left hand, I'm touching the shocky shocky, and I let an arrow go. Okay, you also hear the staticky, whispery noise. Ooh. You just can't quite make it out, but it's kind of like a tingle in your ear. Oh. Jock! Give me an attack roll. Jock, it's tingling! Oh, my attack is crap. My attack is five. Oh, fuck. <laughs> But as a bonus action, I'm gonna... Well, you missed the hound. Yeah. You missed the hound, and it flies off, and it hits the back wall. Okay. And there's like a, now there's like a little scorch mark on the back wall. Ooh, it was shocky, shocky. Um, as my bonus action, oh, maybe I need to count the distance. Do I need to count the distance between me and Drudge? 5, 10, 15, 20, 30. No, I'm good. I'm going to inspire him with my bardic inspiration as a bonus action. So within the next 10 minutes, 
uh, he gets an inspiration die, a d6, and he can use it before you've decided a success or failure on either an attack roll, a skill check, or a saving throw. Okay. So I'm going to just add a d6 to an yeah. attack to roll? Yeah, to the d20. Potentially? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Huh. Or an ability check or a saving throw. Okay. I feel like you're hurting. Well, the dice are not being kind to Drudge tonight. McRibbon? Okay. It's time to uh, take this huntsman down. I'm going to pull out my... All right, I still have my great axe. I'm going to spin around and uh, with both hands... I'm going to swing right across his midsection and try to take him in half. Oh, crit! Crit! Oh, nice. Yeah. How are we doing crits? So you get the max damage for the one and then roll the die for the other. Okay, so I will also use my divine smite in this. That won't give me any extra there, but my battle axe. Might help you out. My great axe does 12 damage. Um, so okay. Plus three, so fifteen. All right, let's say okay. we add that, and then I get an additional D eight because of the Oath of Despair. So that's another seven. Nice. And then uh, see, it's seven, eight, nine, ten, and then I get Divine Smite is an additional two D eight. So what am I at now? Fifteen. So so I believe the Smite dice also get doubled on a normal crit. I don't know how Emily wants to do it. That works. She's like, kill these guys already. So you did 15, then you did 7. And then I'll roll 2d8. And that's a 7 and a 4. So that's 11 total. So is that was that your smite damage you rolled twice? Oh no, I only rolled it once. So you're saying I get to roll it again. So yeah, that's another... Ooh, double 8s! So another 16. Yes. Whoa! What? <laughs> yes. You're a level three. This is absurd. Well, I have, I have my mark of despair. I rolled a crit, and I get to double my divine smite. So yeah. It just took us ten rounds to stack that, Elena. That's okay. <laughs> I think it's okay. <laughs> so that's another sixteen on top of the thirty-three, right? Yes. I need McRibbon and Drudge to both give me Dex saving throws. Okay. As you see, this the what do you have an axe? Yeah. The axe, axe goes into the chest of this huntsman, and it explodes. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, did you put this boom boom stick in it too? No. The the mayor told you it's unlucky to destroy these things. So it was a dex saving throw or a dex saving throw. Okay, seven. Judge. <laughs> <laughs> So I got a six, and I used the Bardic Inspiration, which brought it up to an eight. Oh, guys, you both take 13 points of fire damage. I have one left. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't dead yet. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Well, the good news is the Huntsman is down. He did. So I pull the great axe out, I swing across his chest, I go, return to your maker, and cut it across, split him in half. The explosion comes back, blows me back a couple feet. Uh, I catch myself, I don't fall to the ground prone. But uh, I'm pretty badly burnt. My face and and my hair are singed. Where is this? 
Jacques, I need you to roll me 4d10. 25. So, for a 20-foot radius around the hound, there is a fireball, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) And the hound takes 25 points of damage, but it is still standing. Oh, my goodness. What? Jacques, why didn't it work? Uh, it, did, it did work. Did you not see the fireball? <laughs> I'm glad you <laughs> fell off it. That was scary. I'll do not worry, Pamela. The hounds turn, and the hound is going to go after the person that just killed its master. Phew. <laughs> yeah. Woo. <laughs> and it's going to attempt to take a bite out of McRibbon. How many points glad that does wasn't McRibbon dredge. have left? <laughs> oh, you got lucky, McRibbon. That's only a 14. Awesome. So it ran it ran up to you, but it's 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 kind of jerky now, its movements aren't as smooth, and it goes to bite you and it just misses and its mouth doesn't quite close all the way now. Jacques. Oh, okay. Uh, alright, so I'm just gonna move up about thirty feet, so I'm like within twenty ish feet of it, and I'm gonna holster my whips and I'm just gonna cast chilling touch on this guy. It's just a wee little cantrip. Chill touch, not chilling touch. Uh, Alright, I just make a spell attack. Oh, that is a natural 20. So, just 1d8 necrotic. So I gotta max the first d8 and just roll? Yes. 14 necrotic damage. It shimmers a bit. Still going. If it mat- it can't regain hit points until the start of my next turn. But This okay. s- ghostly s- skeletal hand is like grabbed onto it. And that's all I got. Drudge gets a little bit excited by this ghostly hand that's dealing necrotic damage. What? Is that a longsword in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see my hand? <laughs> no, it's a boom boom. <laughs> <laughs> Pam! Ah! What do I do, guys? I'm not used to this useless character. <laughs> oh, man. Um, how many hit points did you say you had left? McRibs? <laughs> I have a whopping one. I'm not looking very well. So okay. I can tell by looking at you, you look like crud. Okay. I'm going to... You gotta lay on some buffs and some debuffs. I'm working on it. I gotta be able to touch you guys and I'm too far away. Hmm. Uh... You could put us all to sleep so that we at least die peacefully. <laughs> <laughs> Take a short rest, get some hit die back. I can only get up to where Jacques is in my movement. Ugh. I was wanting to upcast heroism and touch you guys. Hmm. Dang it. How does this dog look? It's looking pretty beat up. Its its movements are jerky. It's it's not doing well. Does it does it look like a like an electric bolt would uh off him or no? What does Pam think? It's hard to tell. <gasps> Gosh, you're the take worst him, DM ever. Him. He's also a little hard to see from where you are because he's on the other side of these gears, which are five feet off the floor and five feet thick. Take him to the uh, electric avenue. I guess you can see under the, the gear. If you like duck down under the gear, you can see it. Electric avenue. How far does a hand crossbow shoot? Uh, between 30 and 120. Okay. Above 30, I think it's going to be disadvantaged. Disadvantage. Oh, for yeah. frig's sake. And there's gears in the way. Okay, I can move 30. I can't do shock, guys! Ugh. Well, if you duck down, you can shock it under the gear, gears. But it'd still be disadvantaged. 
Uh, you have a line of sight to it. I wouldn't think it would be a disadvantage if you duck Well, it, it's a disadvantage over 30. Yeah, but you don't have to use your crossbow. You could just yeah, use... Yeah, yeah right. What am I, I was just use? flourishing nothing. It, it, it just comes out of your hand. The electric comes out of my hand. Yeah, it like flows through you. I was just using my whip uh, being showy. Oh, Maybe I thought I had to use a weapon. <laughs> no, <Avenue>. so, <laughs> For crying sorry, out loud, no. you guys. Okay. It was neat. So I don't have disadvantage. I can crouch down and roll an attack. Z- uh, net 23. So oh, many crits man. in this. Are you kidding me? I crit. So does that mean I get 2d12? Tell me how you're doing this. What do you mean? You killed it. Tell me exactly what you're doing here. A beaver pops out. Explain it to me. I crouch down. I get a line of sight. I hum Electric Avenue. I put my I put my hand on the orb. And I, I don't know, dramatically, like, sing electricity out my hand to this hound. Okay, roll your damage. Let's hear some Eddie Grant. I don't know who that is. I'm. That's the guy who sings Electric Avenue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know that song. I don't know the scene. So I get to roll two d twelve, or I take a twelve and then I roll one. Correct. Second word. Wait. Twelve plus rolling another twelve. Twelve plus ten. Twenty-two nice. damage. The dog. Oh crap! I need Judge and Mixlican to give me. Uh, <laughs> save. Please save yourselves, please. By Mixlican, you mean McRibbon? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is a good plug for my Yeah, I, I thought you were saying McSlicken. I'm like, well, I'm safe. What what type of save is it? Dex. Dex. Okay. As you jump out of the way of the fireball that the dog has become. And if you, uh... I feel like fire doesn't like charisma either, though. <laughs> sure you don't want to be You rolled good. Fire, no, no, uh, fire is very charismatic. That's the only way we humans survive is because we love fire so much. Yeah. I want to hear what yours is before I roll my... Mine's mine's an 18. All right, here we go. Uh, 14. Oh, you both managed to dodge far enough and get away, so you only only take half damage. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Celebrated too early. Which is five points of damage. Can I use my cutting words? What does that do? My cutting words uh, lets me use Bardic Inspiration as a reaction to subtract the d6 from a creature's roll. Is that an action to do that, though? It's a reaction. It's my reaction. It's from a creature's roll, though. Yeah. Well, she's about to roll attack damage to make it half damage. Does that not... I don't no. believe it can, it can't subtract from the damage. It, it would be like a d20 roll, same as your, like, when you give us the positive, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like giving a disadvantage, but it's just a, a negative. To, it's like a bless, but opposite. So McRibbon no. is not available anymore. <laughs> oh, McRibster. <laughs> um, so sorry, what was the damage we took, Cam? Five. All right. I'm just hanging on by a thread. And you're out of initiative. If I didn't kill him, I could have... Yeah. Okay, I'm... I had uh, to kill him. I'm going to... Who do you, killed do you the have healing? We're out of initiative. Yeah. So I'm going to look over and I see McRibbon laying kind of motionless on the floor. I'm going to lay on hands on him and heal him. Now, before you do that, you see I have a smile on my face laying there because I've now finally found peace. 
and then you lay your <laughs> lay your hands on me. Oh my gosh. And I open my eyes and I look really depressed and sad again. <laughs> oh no. Thematic, I like well, it. I mean, I could lay on hands myself, I guess, if it, if it upsets you that much. Hey, you, no one you, wants to you see wouldn't you know that until after you lay hands on me. I heal him for, um, let's say, seven points of damage. Okay. I have a total of 15 that I can use. Mikrebom, on me, you are alive! Oh. Boy, it was very unlucky of you two guys to kill them machines, no? <laughs> You should not have woken him up. <laughs> guys, guys, did you see me? I killed him. I got him. I, I lit the dynamite. I shot the dog. You guys suck. And I rule. Oh, <laughs> Pamela, I, I, I mounted the beast. I mean, that was very dangerous, and you're worse than my kids. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to heal myself as well. I can do that with land hands, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Ah, uh, Drudge, perhaps you do that in private, no? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll I'll spend um, seven on myself as well. Is laying on hands like a cantrip for you guys, or is it a spell? It's just an, uh, an ability. Oh, dang. That's awesome. We have 15 points to distribute per long rest. Mm. And uh, I will also give myself an additional... Eight points. Hey, Jock. Mm-hmm. Give me a perception check, please. Uh, Eleven. Okay. What about Pam? Can Pam perceive things? She touched the electricity, too. Yeah, give me a perception check. Plus, she's the real jack of all trades. Fifteen. For just a split second, you see that same creature again, right above the sphere. Little, little creature, kind of blue-gray, real, real thin, long ears. Crackling with static electricity. He's there and he's gone. Okay. And Drudge and McRibbon don't see this. Nope. Amala, did you hear the tingles? I heard a voice from the orb. There's like a little goblin guy, kind of like you, but really tiny. He's blue. Yes, and, and very ugly. Very ugly. Not like my little handsome, handsome boy, Jack. Ah, uh, you, you are too kind. And I like pinch his cheeks. Uh, that, uh, that hurts quite a bit. And I like fix, <laughs> I like fix his hair, <laughs> like a mom does. <laughs> like lick your fingers. Yeah, and, like, I like comb. lick your fingers and like put that like alfalfa down in the back. <laughs> Guys, can we go up the stairs now? And that's our show. Our intro and outro music was created by Josh Jarvis. For your own musical inquiries, contact jamesmercymusic at gmail.com. All other music and ambient noise is courtesy of tabletopaudio.com. The Encouragement Party is sponsored by Critical Hit Design. Visit criticalhitdesign.com for all of your graphic design needs. You can find more info on the characters and world at encouragementparty.com. Enjoying the show? Have any questions or rules corrections? Email us. Contact at EncouragableParty.com or reach out on social media. The Encouragable Party on Facebook and Instagram at EncouragablePar on Twitter using the hashtag AfterPartyIP for a shout out during our behind the screen after party episodes that drop every fourth release. Happy adventuring!